Hello, you're listening to The Lid Is On with me, Connor Lennon, back with another episode looking back at some of the key themes of this year's high-level week of the General Assembly. This, if you remember, was the week when everyone seemed to have their eyes and ears focused on UNHQ in New York, and alongside the big speeches from world leaders, it was an opportunity to tackle and progress some of the big global issues. Now, last time we found out what the UN is doing to engage younger people with the launch of the Youth 2030 strategy. This time, should the UN be involving the private sector in its bid to achieve the Sustainable Development Goals, which have been described as a blueprint to transform the world? And there's not much time left. By 2030 is the aim business has been for quite some time involved in the UN around the turn of the century which is when the UN Global Compact was set up. This is the world's biggest corporate sustainability initiative and its mission is to bring companies in line with universal principles on things like human rights, labour, environment and anti-corruption and take action to advance societal goals. At this year's high-level week of the General Assembly an action platform was launched, a programme to help bring about peaceful and inclusive societies with strong institutions. But when push comes to shove, can the public good ever really come before profit? Or are companies just using the UN brand as a way of getting good PR? Well, one person who I'm sure can help me with that is Dan Thomas. He's the head of communications at UN Global Compact. Hello, Dan. Hi, good afternoon. Thanks for coming in, Dan. So look, why don't we just why don't we start with that? That last question, is this just a, um, a good PR exercise for these companies to make themselves look good? Is business really taking sustainability seriously in your view? Absolutely. I mean, for the last uh, 18 years, uh, corporate sustainability, the sustainability of business has been uh, taken uh, very seriously by the world's leading CEOs, the leaders of uh, the biggest companies in the world. And that's how the UN Global Compact was born. Uh, the Secretary General went to the World Economic Forum. That was Kofi Annan at the time. Kofi Annan at the time, and he made the case uh, to put a human face on uh, on globalization. At the time, uh, businesses were, were operating without uh, principles, really, and he made the case of working with the UN, and that's how the UN Global Compact was born. 18 years ago, uh, 40 companies, 40 of the leading CEOs signed up immediately there and then in Davos, and the Global Compact was born as a as an initiative of the Secretary General. And here we are 18 uh, years later with almost 10,000 uh, companies involved in, in what's become the world's largest uh, corporate sustainability initiative. I mean, 18 years ago, it's a long time now looking back, and it's interesting, as you say, that there was this immediate uh, sign-up by big companies. There was clearly some latent wish by conglomerates to be involved in these principles. Uh, but the popular discourse was very different then. This idea that, that companies were part of the problem rather than part of the solution. You saw NGOs often attacking companies. But it seems the other shift has been uh, Paris 2015. This huge declaration was made by countries all around the world to uh, cut climate change. Did you see a, a shift there as well? Well, the Sustainable Development Goals and the Paris Agreement on Climate Change have been two huge drivers, I think not just for businesses, but for all parts of society, uh, as a kind of rallying cry for uh, all actors to move together to create the world we want by 2030. This is what the 2030 Agenda is all about. 
And business businesses and business leaders, they are part of society like everybody else. And they clearly have a, a very important role to play as leaders, as employers, as, uh, as uh, companies who are driving uh, a lot of the economic activity in the world, uh, and as people who are going to benefit from a more sustained and sustainable world uh, which, uh, in which we can all thrive. I mean, failing societies um, uh, is not a place where businesses can thrive. So uh, CEOs, business leaders have every reason to work on things like peace, uh, protecting the environment, taking climate action, uh, making sure that uh, human rights are, are protected, and working against corruption. They're part of society, and they bring, uh, they bring skills and expertise and absolutely every reason to join governments in achieving the sustainable development goals. Well, let's have a listen to what some of the senior executives at some big corporations had to say during High Level Week. We saw early on that the world's problems would require the business community to contribute in new ways. And we need to work together across borders. We need to work across boundaries between the private sector and the United Nations and governments. The Global Compact impressed us at the time as a path forward, and it indeed has proven to be an important path forward in the years since. When you think about it, a company cannot succeed unless it lives and works in a healthy community, a healthy country, a healthy world. And the Global Compact, in my opinion, is our sort of statement of support about what we're going to do to help make the world a better place and our shareholders and our company benefit when the world improves. Chemistry can provide the solution to problems out there. And what BASF stands for in creating these solutions is completely consistent with my personal values. I've never had to compromise on my values, whether it's in clean air, clean water, diversity and, and inclusion, sourcing responsibly. I think people who care can find their ways in a lot of different areas out there as we network to solve things. And that, to me, is completely in alignment with the, the sustainability goals. What we don't do is sacrifice what we believe is the right thing to do in the long term. The sustainability is economic, it's social, and it's environmental. And if any one of those three legs, if you will, is not present, the whole thing will fall apart. So yes, we have to think about that, but we do not sacrifice the long term for that short term thinking. We are citizens of this planet Earth. We belong to the 2% of the population that is lucky that we were born in countries where there was education. I had access to nutrition, sanitation, made it past the age of five, got free education from the government in the Netherlands. So to some extent, I won the ticket uh, of the lottery of life. And uh, if you belong to those 2% of the world population, I believe it's your duty to put yourself to the service of the other 98%. Now, it happens to be also an enormous economic opportunity. From any report that we do, from the new climate, the economy to the business and sustainable development we see opportunities that are multiples of the investments so we're at this point that we need to put the interest of others ahead of our own and invest in the people that are left behind some people might think uh, greed is good but i can tell you uh, generosity in this case is better we heard there brad smith the president of microsoft Teresa celeste who is a senior executive at the big chemical company basf and paul polman the outspoken CEO of Unilever, which is a huge consumer goods company based in the Netherlands and also the UK. Uh, so what they were saying chimes with what you were saying, Dan, uh, that uh, these companies really see that obvious crossover between their needs and also 
the needs of the world in terms of, as you said, you know, climate change, making the world a better place in many different ways. Uh, just to go back to profit, obviously these companies have to make money. They, you know, th- there is the bottom line, and you know we've heard earlier that they're finding that that is aligned with the SDGs. It's not stopping them making money, being sustainable. But it's it's all down to what power the people who are responsible for that have at a boardroom level. Lots of companies have sustainability reports they put out every year, but the most important report is the annual report, the financial annual report. So it's really going to be effective, most effective, isn't it, if all of that information is clear for the shareholders in the annual report. Are you seeing this becoming more common? Absolutely. We're seeing that uh, transparency is, is fast becoming the new paradigm for business. Um, businesses that lack transparency are often you know, called out by their consumers, advocates, uh, civil society and the media. So they're seeing an increasing value in being very transparent about uh, uh, their alignment, the work that they do. Uh, that's why we can uh, uh, encourage them and trust them to to use these uh, 10 principles as a driving force behind their business. And by being transparent about it, they're holding themselves accountable uh, for uh, conducting their business in a, in a principled fashion. And all of that helps to drive sustainable development in society. It's something that their, their, their board members are leading. We're increasingly seeing that a lot of the leadership for these um, for this work is coming from the top levels of companies. It is actually coming from the boards and the CEO level, um, uh, and they're increasingly sort of involved in driving this forward as leaders in the business world. But at the same time, we're also noticing that consumers are demanding... Right, bottom-up pressure. Uh, ...are also demanding products which are sustainably sourced, which are uh, produced without exploiting people or, or the environment, uh, that that's something that they, they're willing to put their money, their, their hard-earned money behind in terms of their purchasing power. And increasingly, we're finding that companies that believe in sustainable development, that are working in a principled fashion, the fashion that the UN Global Compact is, is proposing, are finding it easier to attract talent. You know, people don't want to work for companies if they're being exploitative, they actually the young the young people of this world, the young educated, uh, you know, upcoming leaders, they want to work for companies that are uh, principled, that have uh, uh, a, a broader idea of their impact on society and the world. So, in fact, it's becoming a very very low risk proposition for them because consumers want this, and the talent want this. They want the companies to be uh, to be aligned with sustainable development. Indeed, and this is why we're seeing this uh, this sort of huge surge, uh, boosted by the the sustainable development goals as a guiding uh, force for their work. Um, the world is becoming more transparent. Uh, consumers are. People in society, they have the ability to kind of notice and report back on what companies are actually doing. Through social media. Through social media. They, they take pictures. They complain in, in, in public fora. That is actually driving them to be more, uh, to stand up for the principles that they believe in, the principles that we encourage them and, and, and recognize them for following, and to, uh, to drive their business in a, in a profitable but also a principled manner. Now, there was a provocative book that came out around the time of the, the General Assembly High-Level Week by the author Anand Giridharadas, who often writes on these kind of issues, called Winners Take All, and it was on the New York bestseller list, got quite a lot of media attention around that time. Now, in this book, he, he criticised the phenomenon of the business elite 
getting involved with corporate social responsibility initiatives. So rather than actually altering the business practices that they have in a way that might involve, well, sacrifice, a bit of a cut to the bottom line, and that by doing that, they'd have much more chance of reducing inequality, the effects of climate change, for example, or the sustainable development goals, rather than signing up to a high-profile, glamorous initiative. And he says they prefer to do virtuous side projects instead of doing their day jobs more honourably. Based on your and the UN Global Compact's interaction with business leaders, do you think that there's, there's, this criticism is justified? Absolutely not. There's nothing flash in the pan about the UN Global Compact. This is a sustained corporate sustainability initiative, which has grown into the world's largest. Uh, it's been going on for 18 years. It's actually gaining momentum rather than slowing down as business leaders see the value in, in acting in a principled way and using the sustainable development goals as a kind of north star to, to move towards. So absolutely not. And in fact, we, we encourage businesses and, and help them embed the principles in the way they do business. I mean, throughout their supply chains, for example, they can, uh, you know, we encourage them to work with their suppliers to make sure that human rights and labor rights are protected all the way down the, uh, the supply chain, for example. Um, uh, so the, these, are, these are ways of working in the modern world where transparency is uh, uh, around uh, to make sure that um, they are doing it for the right reasons. And increasingly, we're seeing uh, CEOs, companies like Paul Polman, who, who we heard from earlier, who's, who's one of our, our, our key board members, saying that the companies can make profit behaving in a principled and sustainable way. This isn't, uh, this isn't actually affecting the bottom line in a negative way. In many ways, it's actually driving profitability uh, because it's what consumers and customers actually want. And in his case, there's this real data to show that it's had a massive positive impact uh, in terms of recruitment. Absolutely. And, and in terms of climate action, I mean, we're seeing that, uh, uh, you know, there was a time when businesses felt that, uh, that, that having to take climate action to behave in a different way, to source their energy from different places, was actually going to affect their profitability. In fact, they're finding that, that they can make more money, they can save more money by moving in a more a sustainable direction. So it's actually a benefit rather than uh, uh, something a chore that you have to have to follow. Back at the introduction to this podcast at the beginning, I, I mentioned the action platform that was launched during the high-level week of the General Assembly, the programme to help bring about peaceful and inclusive societies with strong institutions. That was back in September. How have things moved on since? Well, interestingly enough, I mean, often people don't think of businesses as being part of the, uh, the solution in terms of creating peace in societies. What we found at the, uh, the General Assembly and the, the CEOs that came is that actually they want to be uh, leaders in society. They want to play their role in creating peaceful societies. Uh, businesses cannot thrive in a society that's failing. So they have every incentive to, uh, to be part of, uh, part of the society, part of the one of the actors that, that actively promotes peace and uh, uh, tries to stop conflict wherever they come across it. So uh, they have uh, uh, clearly a leading role to play. And interestingly, they're keen to play it. They're keen to join governments and play their role as you know, influential actors in society in terms of driving that peace. So that's, that's a, a, an initiative of, of the UN Global Compact, but also working together with 
other UN agencies and actors uh, to to steer businesses to playing that role in society as as a very central and important part of of our community. Now, n- at next year's the 2019 High Level Week, it's a obviously going to be a great opportunity to take stock of what you've achieved in the last 12 months. But coming up before that, what's the next big key moment for you at UN Global Compact? Well, we're preparing a uh, a major annual meeting, which uh, uh, next year is going to be in China. We're going to go to Shanghai. We're going to to gather the world's business leaders uh, in Shanghai together with uh, UN leaders uh, and governments to really uh, tackle these, these challenges we're going to take a good look at Asia and see how Asia is a driver of sustainable uh, development. We see uh, we see a lot of good work that companies are doing in Asia. They're very uh, uh, they're, they're very uh, hands-on in terms of uh, uh, sustainability, and in some ways they have uh, in some of the poorest countries in Asia they have opportunities to leapfrog in a, in a way that that more established countries have not had. And so we're seeing a lot of innovation, a lot of good ideas. Uh, which is driving a more sustainable corporate culture, uh, but at the same time working with a principled approach uh, and a more inclusive uh, approach so so that business can be a force for good in society. Well, it's a very exciting initiative. Dan, thank you very much for coming in today. That's Dan Thomas, Head of Communications at UN Global Compact.